G'day listeners, welcome to our first ever Full Metal Flashback, where we discuss a cult classic slash classic film. With me to discuss our first ever Full Metal Flashback movie is Davo from Sydney. Davo, how are you? Uh, yeah, pretty good, Sam. Yourself? Um, annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> annoyed. We're going to jump right into it, aren't yeah, we? Yeah, this one's going to be a polarizing episode we've got dave for the for camp and i'm from the against camp so the movie we'll be reviewing uh today is joel schumacher's 1987 classic the lost boys davo let's start on perhaps a positive note and uh was it as good as you remembered slash did it bring back all those old school feels 100 percent, it did like i I think to put into context though like obviously this was never going to be like an academy award-winning film so Let's, when it's really positive, we're not talking about like greatest film of all time positive, but the soundtrack is awesome. It's um, like the most 80s film you could ever see. The mullets, the fa- like the fashion, even the cheesy storyline, adventurous kids, like it's, it's, it hits all the marks. So it was, uh, it was great sitting in, actually being able to sit in the cinema and watch it on the big screen. I will give that. I think the soundtrack is pretty cool. They got a lot of uh, some classic bands slash tracks on it. Um, did you know Jimmy Barnes did some songs for this as well? Yeah, I, I did. Well, I don't did songs for this, but his songs were in it. So Cold Chisel tracks. Yeah, it was That's awesome weird. to hear that. So Not, the- well, actually, no, nah, they also had In Excess. And it's funny because apparently with the um, In Excess, they agreed to have their songs in this movie if Joel Schumacher directed one of their film clips. Oh, right. It was actually a trade-off. So it's there's a, there's a few Australian um, classics in there. Yeah, so Jimmy Barnes slash his band Cold Chisel, a like iconic sort of pub rock band. So it was, it was, it was weird hear, hearing his voice going, huh, huh, he's in a film. But um, did you, I actually thought that, that um, the, the soundtrack was awesome like for the sheer number of punks in the film. Like, I don't know if you noticed that at the start of the film, just how many punks were in Santa Clara. Well, yeah, like, that's the other thing I want to talk about. Like, so is Santa Clara meant to be like a, like a deadbeat town, like low social economic, just a, like a beach sort of slow moving sort of, I don't know. Well, funny, funny you mentioned that, Sam. Because I didn't understand uh, it. Because you see, you see two kids eating out of a dumpster, but then the boardwalk is like busier than New York Times Square. It's got that many people, Monday to Monday, every night packed, a video store, on the boardwalk is packed. Comic book store, on the boardwalk, packed. Like it's just, hmm. <laughs> like is is this just is it just because it's summer and everyone's there? But then if it's summer, why is that guy wearing buying leather jackets? And this movie makes no sense. I hate this movie so much. Well, all right. For starters, <clears throat> set, the actual Santa Clara is, uh, it was filmed on location yep. in Santa Cruz. So You're it right. actually is Santa Cruz. Okay. They uh, they were originally going to call it Santa Cruz, uh, the location, like in the movie. Apparently, the council or the local whatever refused to allow them to film there if they called the location Santa Cruz, um, because in that first scene where it's got like a murder capital yep. of the world, yeah. Apparently, at the time, Santa Cruz had some like crazy uh, murders that actually happened in Santa Cruz. So they're all sensitive and shit about it. So they made them change the name Santa Clara. Wait, can, yes. Can I jump in, in other words, can I jump in before you say? 
That's another thing that I'm offended. Having come from Adelaide, the actual murder capital of the world, I'm offended that this film believes it can get more murders per capita than, than my hometown. Anyway, continue. I think the kids eating out of the bins thing is just because you've got like the hippies that live the beach culture, which are probably destitute and just play guitars and shit, and they're probably like second generation. The poverty, and you're going to have heaps of local kids going to the beach. I mean, Tim Capello plays on that beach, Sam. So obviously shit's happening there. So it's just it's just really weird. Like, why would you need to? I guess I guess to show that the mother is a good mother, giving them twenty bucks so they can get out food or something. Yeah, but also it's to reinforce the fact that the kids had to move from Phoenix, which I don't know. It must be like like a type of metropolis or a big city. I've never heard Phoenix in the context of being like a Chicago. Oh or, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like a, a metropolitan hub. So that that I found was really funny. So maybe they had just had to really reinforce that this was a shithole that the kids were moving to. Corey Hames' character, which, funnily enough, your name Sam, <laughs> mm. and da- and um, the bad guy David. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> no, forever. It's 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 and stone. Sam versus David. This is how it goes. Pretty funny. Um, Speaking of funny names, though, did you notice how many times they say Michael in the movie? Yeah, a lot. Michael, Michael, Michael. Michael. Apparently, Kiefer, Sul- Kiefer Sutherland says it over 100 times. I believe. He had the, the least number of um, spoken lines as far as like actual uh, writing goes, but he said Michael over 100 times in that movie. Yeah, yeah. We'll get to Kiefer Sutherland. We'll get to Kiefer Sutherland. The other thing I want to talk about is um, just like in, in terms of the opening. It's hard to explain because I get this is in the 80s, but do you think it ages well in terms of how they show the vampires killing people? So basically what it is is just a camera and it just zooms in on a guy and the guy's face goes, ah, and then he just lifts them up in the sky. Was that meant to be uh, cheese? Was that cheese back then? Because it certainly it comes off as cheese now. Okay. It, I think it's it's going to be a little bit cheesy, right? But it was I don't think it was ever meant to be like a full-blown horror film. But you notice, though, the level of, lightheartedness and cheese mm. at the start contrasts pretty strongly with how dark it gets pretty quick yeah. at the end. Yeah. Like, so I don't like, I, I think that was like, not that it was done on purpose, but they obviously didn't want to show the vampires early in the movie. Like we all, we all know what it is because it's been around for 38, 40 years or whatever, however long it's been around for. Um, so, you, so you're saying when they had the carousel shot and they're just like, Keith Sutherland, you people are under the assumption that they're not vampires, and then when they meet up with Michael later on the film, that's when it dawns on them that they're vampires. I'm sure this film would have been marketed as them being the vampires. I don't know, man. I, I mean, I was what four years old. Like, it's not maybe. a big reveal, though. Like, my point is like, mm, okay, yeah, all right, fair enough. But I think the big reveal is in the end when the uh, video store, and I forgot his name, is that like the father of all vampires, but. Max. Yeah, Max. Yeah, I don't know. I just found it. Some films don't age well, and this is definitely one that doesn't. Nah, I, d- I disagree. Because, like, well, in, in what context, man? Like, um, it's, all right. it's Can not I ra- supposed to be... Okay, but it's not supposed to be, like, a, a hardcore horror film. No. Like, it's... Again, it's fantasy adventure. Like, we were talking about with It, like, last week, which was one of the inspirations to do this, was, you know, the kids fighting a monster type film. Like, it was... I think the, the storylines themselves were enough of each. Like, not one was any more. Like, okay, not 50%, sorry, Sam. Maybe more like a, a proportional percentage of storyline. So what, what I'm getting at is that, again, I, it wasn't supposed to be like a hardcore 
like horror film. There's like that that adventure fantasy element to it. So I don't think it's supposed to be like, oh man, that scare really holds up or the makeups are all super awesome or like I, I think in the context of the movie, like it's probably being judged too harshly if you're going to walk into this thinking it's a serious vampire horror film. No, I'm not. I'm not saying that criteria. The criteria being, oh yeah, it's like a good action or kid adventure film, right? But given what I've seen in movies and how much they've progressed since, it's almost like, yeah, this is a kid's cartoon. <laughs> it's not for me now anymore, if that makes sense. Even like this flying stuff is like far out. This is like 1920s wire jobs here. They're just like standing in vertical lines, just being lifted up and down, up and down. And when he's falling off the bridge and he's falling into the smoke, 100% he's standing up, waving his arms like he's falling. And it's like, what am I watching here? <laughs> Is this like special effects from the from the silent era? Like, <laughs> yeah, all right. I don't. I, I look I, again, again. Don't disagree with that, man. I, I I agree that there is some like, uh, yeah, all right, some ham-fisted scenes and some cheesed elements to how they shot it. Nothing ever ages well. Yeah, but the only things that ever age well, really, and this is debatable too, because I'm sure people would argue. But things like um, aliens when you're using physical models and things like that, you usually do age a bit better. So, all right, and that's a similar era. So, okay, fair call. Maybe they weren't the best at visual effects. But, like, the makeup was pretty good too. I think they did a pretty good job with most of it. There's just a few dodgy scenes here and there. A few dodgy scenes. The fucking end scene was terrible. <laughs> that fight scene was fucking, I know, okay, again, comedic, and I'm maybe looking too much into it, but the vampires don't fight. Michael and um, what's his name? Chris, Keith Sutherland's character. Their fight scene is really bizarre. They like literally jump up, grabbing each other by the collars, and they're just being flown around the room on wires, right? <laughs> and then, oh shit, he's dead. <laughs> he gets thrown on like the uh, antlers of the the stuffed deer. It's it would it's bizarre. It, like it wasn't even a fight. It was just it was like they almost couldn't show punches being thrown because it's a PG whatever. So they just had these guys jump up vertically together fly around vertically together, and then he just pushes him onto some antlers. I, that didn't bother me. So Michael hadn't fed yet, and he was super weak. So it was never going to be an awesome fight. But, okay, uh, wait, wait, wait. Hang, hang on, hang on. The other side of that, though, is the other deaths were pretty epic. Like, okay. the, when the Frog Brothers killed that uh, vampire in the bath of the, um, the holy water and garlic, and then, like, all the piping just started spewing, like, blood and shit out of him. Like, that was pretty full on. So probably the, the argument is really the Dave character should have probably bashed him a little harder. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's, it's weak sauce. And I didn't like the, the whole, th the bow and arrow and like this game. Like if they're vampires, I get the teenagers and they're probably stuck in, in an eternal perpetulance of just being an idiots. But how can you just let yourself be shot in the heart with a bow and arrow? Like, why aren't you physically stronger, faster than kids that you just move in and out and just get them? Deaths were... Again, ham-fisted. Like the bath scene wasn't bad. That I give that. I give you that because he like he tricked him and he fell over into the bath and the bath was holy water and he's like boiling and that's pretty cool. Um, that kind of yeah, yeah that, you know that, that's a trick. But when you're when someone an opponent has a weapon aimed at you and you're just walking at him, it's like oh, come on, man, do something. Well, okay, the bath thing. I it was the dog that actually saved. Yeah, Frog Brothers, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was pretty cool. Uh, like, the dog character was actually pretty cool. Yeah, all right. The bow and arrow, he, he snapped one off, and he, like, the dude's, like, uh, sucked in, you missed. And then he snaps off another one. 
Oh, what does the dude say, though? Death by stereo. No, no. The actual vampire. Oh, I can't remember. Miss sucker. Yeah, <laughs> something just, like that. Something dumb like that. It's actually pretty funny, though. And then, hey, yeah, it just says some other shit and then just snaps another arrow off. Like, it's not... I don't know, man. Again, I think you're being way too harsh. Because you don't know the timeline that these dudes got turned. Like, they're clearly... They've clearly only been turned over the last, like, month or so. Or it's not like they've been turned for 40 years. What makes you you think so? The maturity level. Like, Max is obviously... He's... It's not just he's an older human. Like, he was obviously turned a long time ago. So he's, like, used to the lifestyle and everything. These guys are, like, 100%, like, just 80s jocks. And they're still, like, being excited by jumping off of bridges. Mm. Like, riding really fast on their motorbikes and... The whole, yeah, nothing can kill us aspect still excites them. So, oh, and the other thing is Star and the Laddie kid haven't actually fed yet. Oh, yeah. So explain that to me. So they were, they were, got, had been turned as well. So they were turned and Michael was supposed to be their first kill. Ah, right. But that she ended up by not doing it. And then Kiefer's like, all right, fuck it. Here, drink the blood. You know, when he's like eating the noodles and the the maggots and shit. See, I did not get... Okay, whoa. I did not get that at all from this film. This is my... Can I tell you my understanding? What the hell? (laughs) My understanding is that Michael got his leather jacket. He was was out in the prowl for some puss. Saw saw Star. And Star was obviously playing a cat and mouse game um, um, with Michael. And then... She rides off with uh, David, right? And he's like, oh, okay, whatever. Sees him the next night. And he's like, oh, so he's back on. And then I thought I thought David was using Star for for bait, but not for a kill to get Michael to turn, if that makes sense. So he was like um, honeypotting Michael to get another member on the crew. And he was going to then show him like, is it going to test him? Okay. Let's see how far he's willing to go. If he's like, if he's going to, you know, if he can keep up and follow us on our bikes and, and, and if he's cool, we'll turn him. Well, yeah. So okay, there's actually, there's two, there's, there's a couple of different things going on. <clears throat> Number one, Max reveals at the end that he was hoping the, um, he was going to get the, the guys, the maps to turn all the kids so mm-hmm. that he could get the, the mum, right? Yeah. But we know that the I'm pretty sure that the kids actually ran into Star and everything before the mum did. Yep. Yep. So it's revealed before that though that at the Tim Capello concert, essentially um, Star was walking through the crowd. Yep. Um, trying to get the attention of someone. Yep. To kill. To get them. bring them back and yep. then to kill them. So Michael was the one that took the bait, yada, yada. So, yeah. So, and then they're like, all right, fuck it. This guy's actually pretty cool. Let's try and turn him. And then the Max is like, he knows who Sam, uh, Sam is, the younger boy. And he's like, oh, this could be a good way. Let's try and, you know, make sure Michael turns. And then, because the vamps go and meet Max um, halfway through the film. Mm-hmm. So it's... Obviously, at the time, everyone's led to believe that Max could be in trouble. But in hindsight, that's obviously where Max has given them the go, like, you need to turn them all type thing. 
So, mm. yeah, long story short, she was supposed to kill him and feed. So the time frame that they've all been turned isn't that long. So it, it, it actually isn't that um, inconceivable that these guys would actually be pretty shitty vampires and mm. just rely on, like, just walking up to someone and snapping the neck or something. Because no one's really fought back at them. They've all freaked out and stuff. Yeah, that's true. No one's had, no one's had the backup of the Frog Brothers. Right. <laughs> How did the Frog Brothers know that there's vampires around? Who you reckon? How's, what's their backstory? Oh, you know what? It's just a group of sick cunts, man. Working <laughs> at a comic book store. They've read some shit and they've noticed some shit's gone down. And you know what? Give me more of the Frog Brothers. If you can make this film about the Frog Brothers, I probably would have liked it better. I... Do you know what, man? I reckon a spin-off movie would have been sick. Mm. Like, if they actually made a Frog Brothers film, that would have been pretty awesome. Like, if You know why I don't like this film, Dave? I reckon it's because I'm not a Corey uh, hand bloke, Corey Feldman. And in this, Corey Feldman's really good. He's probably the best character in the movie, right? Just the clothes he wears, the things Corey Haim says, it's just, oh, man. It's like, I just want someone to kill him and snap his neck in this film. Like... like yeah, you know, but he's, he's I know the he's meant, city kid, man. He's I know the he's meant to be city kid that's come yes. to like this shithole. I know, but it's like, fuck, shut up! But he wasn't that bad, man. He wasn't even he, like he was. He was all right. No, like, he's all, he why? Why? Why does he have a half naked Rob Lowe poster on his closet bedroom door? Closet I, uh, door. I noticed that actually. That was a bit. Do you reckon? <laughs> do you reckon sus? Yeah. Do you reckon it's like a metaphor or something on your closet? A naked or half naked? guy on the closet door maybe <laughs> i don't know <laughs> it, could be. it was I just it. Was, it was like uh what are 80s kids like and then let's just dress him as a complete fest no 80, no kid in the 80s is gonna look like that i don't care how much you're into the 80s it's not that's not happening i reckon it did man i reckon oh, in america God. that's exactly how it was you know what um, those yanks are like? It's exactly like that, man. Aside from that, though, for me, going to the cinema to watch it, like, some of the shots were pretty cool. Like, they were pretty classic. Like, the moonlight over the water shots and the shots over the uh, the fairgrounds type stuff. Um, the soundtrack was pretty awesome. And it was non-stop. Like, the soundtrack was attuned really well to the film. And I just found it entertaining. Like, some of the death scenes were pretty awesome. Like, it was just an entertaining fun like 80s romp disagree <laughs> I thought like, how, like just because you thought it was just shit it just doesn't hold up that's your only that's it's, your only call all right too long characters irritate me films tedious the acting's terrible um like star is legit i can't remember that actress's name but she is terrible i, I don't like four lines i don't understand like, how does that burn you can you just can you just stop interrupting? I, no, I'm triggered now. I'm triggered. <laughs> Good. I'm glad you're triggered. I don't understand. So the grandpa goes out at the end because he um the kids tell him to go out to get him out of the house, but there's nothing to indicate when he comes back that there would be any reason for him to drive through his front fucking window and kill a vampire. Um, so he must have been there, never left, and saw the shit going down, or two, but being pissed drunk just to drive through his window because it was black in the house. Um, and he's, if he's in his car, how's he going to know? Like, I don't understand. I just don't get the logic of driving through your window. Just, like, you're turning into chance, man. Right? You're turning into chance. Just fucking suspend reality. For oh, the, uh, I can't because girl, just, that logic doesn't make any sense. Um, right. Well, the, the grandfather, as we find out, 
fucking knows his vampires. Yes, I understand like, that. I understand he knows his vampires, but how does that lead to him just automatically thinking, oh, the kids are home. Mm, yeah, I'll just drive through my front window. How does he know that there's vampires in his house? How does he know to drive through his window that moment in time? I'll tell you how he vampire? knows. I'll tell you how he knows. It's because he was standing at his door when he saw Max eating like fucking the pasta at, his, at the house and he was staring through him and he's like, I know what's up. This guy hasn't aged in no. however long I've lived here. So he sussed out the thing the whole time. He probably did go off and get blind. He probably came back and when he was about to walk in, heard the ruckus of what was going but what, on. But why would you then get thought, in your car? Fuck it. I'm getting back in my car and I'm going to drive through this door and save everyone. Does it make any sense? Like, there's a, a, a good chance you're going to run over one of your grandkids. You... He's a baller, man. Uh, my grandfather was just a baller, all right? Like, oh, and, it's, I don't know. I just, just, just I thought the fight scenes were all terrible. It went on forever. The second half of this film sucks. It drags on. It loses all its fun and joy and, and this just becomes bland. Um, I didn't, what else did I hate? That Capello concert. I know you love and you go on about it. I don't even know this guy's name, but you apparently know this guy's whole backstory. Some muscled guy, greased up saxophone lip syncing to some bullshit 80s song and everything. It's his like, song. It's his song, man. <laughs> he was actually, he was part of Tina Turner's band back oh, in the wow. day. Oh, yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. Tell me more. Tell me more. <laughs> Tina Turner. Cool. Yeah, will, yeah, yeah. I fucking will. All right. He was her saxophonist and he was, um, he also put out a solo album and that's one of the tracks in his solo album. So he, he's a legit, he was a legit artist of the time. And don't tell me that you don't like sax. If you're going to, like, I know you're doing this just to troll me. This whole episode, you're coming up with reasons to troll me. <laughs> and I know you like sax, so don't tell me that you hated that scene and that song. Um, I don't necessarily hate the song, but I hate everything in that scene. I hate the What? It's a res- he's like a WWF wrestler of the day, right? I hate, like the, I, he's actually wearing wrestling pants. I hate I hate the fact that there's um bonfires everywhere when God knows there wouldn't be bonfires everywhere. In like the oil drums, there's fires just burning everywhere. It's I hate, the beach, man. That's I what hate they the, do at the beach. <laughs> I hate the fact that there's um like there's this cliche of, of metal kids raising the horns and headbanging to what is the softest pop song of all time. Um, I hate the fact that if this was a concert, that Michael would be able to move that freely in between people to get to star. I hate the fact that, um, quite obviously him lip singing because it's not in tune to the, the song. I hate the fact that, that when the mother's walking around the pier, that the song is slowly transitions to it being played on the radio. That song is not popular enough to be on the radio. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate everything about it. Um, you know what, man? I think you just have a joyless black heart. I do. I do. I do. You know what, honestly? You just do. Because there's no reason. Like, seriously, I get it that it's not, like I said, it's not an Academy Award winning film. It, it was, it's never going to be that type of film. And I don't think anyone's ever made the argument for it. But in the context of all the films released at the time, like, it's pretty entertaining, man. Like, I, I think you're being way too harsh. For the sake of being harsh, maybe, but like I suggest a film to review. Um, maybe pick a good one. Maybe there's that. Oh, you're such a dog. For the fantasy adventure movies of all time now, obviously, I still think Goonies is going to be one of the best. And this is with the the kids taking on monsters with an like a relatively adult themed film where it's not completely Goonies is probably the best. Would you say you're obviously going to say it? 
last week was better than this, I'm going to assume. Uh, well, before you jump in, right, it's like going down that path. I, I, I 100% agree that Goonies, for me, is, is a much more enjoyable film because the tone never really shifts. It's like lighthearted action adventure, like, and that's even when it gets serious. I mean, there are some – they tie up um, Chunk and stuff, but it's still – it never really – Changes tone, but um, I think for me uh, uh, personally, a, a more enjoyable film when it cut, and I'm talking same genre, kids fighting vampires came out in the 80s, would have been Fright Night, I guess, a better vampire film, and I enjoy it a lot more than I do um, this one. Have you seen Fright Night? Uh, no, I actually haven't, I haven't seen that. Uh, oh, that's oh, it basically, it's um, premise is that uh, a single mum, um, and um. I think I think they move in, or a neighbor moves next door, and the neighbor's a bit of a creep, and the kid suspects the neighbor of being a vampire, and he basically um, is just it's him trying to figure out: oh, is he a vampire? Is he not a vampire? He goes out through the whole movie of just like, trying to protect his mum. Turns out the guy is a vampire, and he's got to go kill him. And it's just it's yeah, it's a lot better. It's even got um, Christopher Lee in. Lee in it as well, so there you go. Hands down is automatically better. Uh, oh no, I'll, I'll give it a crack. I'll, I'll have a look. I'll have a look. And it's not, and it's not, it's not as. Um, I guess the premise isn't as wide a scope, so there isn't because it's just basically set in smaller locations. The special effects and all that don't look that bad because it's not they're not reaching that far. If that makes sense, yeah. Because like a lot of dark, dark shadows and, and whatnot. And the rest of the, and I think it's who's the actual vampire? He actually is a psycho as well. Right. Let let me ask you this then. Let me ask you this then. Mm. Uh, The alternate movie that could have been made instead of the one that was, and if you think this would have been better. So Richard Donner was actually originally brought on to make this, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And he had done The Goonies in 1985. Um, I think he did Lady Hawk as well. And so he was was kind of deep in this um, action adventure, fantasy adventure type Mm -hmm. shit. So apparently they brought him on to do Lost Boys. And Lost Boys was supposed to be a film, um, like a take on the Peter Pan-esque, like Peter Pan and like the Lost Boys. So they were supposed to be like kids. And they were supposed to be kids. And the reason why they lived forever was because they were vampires. And then Richard Donner, I think, got sick of the whole concept and then left to do Lethal Weapon. Um, and then they brought in Joel Schumacher, who basically said, fuck this, I don't want to work with kids. This is going to be like a shit film. But just kept the name The Lost Boys and ended up making this. I still think mm. this was a better alternative than what the original proposal was. Maybe. I mean, probably. I don't know. <laughs> It's hard to say because this was was just trash. So <laughs> you're the worst. Um, look, worst. all right. I shouldn't say this is, is garbage. I mean, it's watchable. Like if you if you're if you're a millennial and you're born in like the two thousands or late nineties, and you want to watch some eighties films, this is probably one you should maybe check out. But I mean, don't have high expectations. Is my point. Well, especially for how iconic it is. Really. Do see? I would say for me, Fright Night's better, a better vampire, kids taking a vampire movie. And I'm talking about the 1980s version, not the one that came out in the 2000s, the 1980s version. Just in general, I know Goonies, you said touch said Goonies is better, but what about like Flight of the Navigator and stuff like that? Um, See, so yeah, I reckon yeah. that's more iconic than this. Well, Flight of the Navigator is way different though. Like that's some pretty hard. 
um, I guess maybe sci-fi fantasy. Mm. And it's just that, it's about that one kid. Like, I actually really like Flight of Navigators. That yeah. was one of my favourite kid, uh, favourite movies as a kid. But that's also aimed at, like, I, I don't know if, if you're an adult, I don't know if you're going to go watch Flight of the Navigator, like, fresh, and enjoy that film. Oh, yeah, you're good for Do you know what I mean? Like, it, obviously, I think I'd, I'd enjoy it for the nostalgia aspect, but, like, an adult that's just like, oh, okay, let's go watch a, oh, cool sci-fi movie. Yeah. What the fuck is this? And it's a kid's film. Like, it wouldn't, I don't think it, like, the, the themes are deep enough. Not to say that this had deep themes at all, but I just think that there's enough other shit there that, like, the, what's the word? Like, the, um, like, kitschy or, like, yeah, distra- no, no, no. like distraction yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, I know that song. Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah. it's cool shit. Like, so I, I think, yeah, I, I don't know. So I agree, uh, Flood Navigator is probably a better movie. Um, oh, and that other one, too, um, with, uh, was it Joaquin Phoenix or River Phoenix when they were kids? And they go in the, um, and the kid's name is Wolfgang, and they go off into space when they build the, oh, what's that movie called? Explorers. Explorers, that's it, yeah. 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 Explorers. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, he's Wolfgang. So let me, all right, so I know you, you and I talked about uh, our, like the, the potential rating system moving forward, considering we don't want to rate films we don't want to see and shit like that. So I'm going to say, are you going to put this as a steamer streamer? What does that mean? Oh, we discussed it. Oh, I can't As remember. Dropping a steamer in the toilet and you're just going to stream it when oh. you get that, that, that 10 minutes or you're in bed or you're in the bathroom. Hmm. Don't really nah. bother. Watch it here and there. Or nah. is it streaming on your big TV? Or is it you'd go to the cinemas to watch it and VMAX if possible? Big nah, VMAX. neither probably. I'd say, um, I guess steamer streamer, but like maybe not even that. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, like I thought I had um, a DVD copy of this film, right? Looked through my DVDs, couldn't find it. I was like, huh. I was like, well, maybe it's at my parents. And then I was like, no, nah, maybe Dave took it. And then I was like, hmm, maybe just go on YouTube. And then legit, I, the first hour I was watching this on YouTube on my big TV, I was watching it and uh, I was like, oh, yeah, this is pretty good. And then, I don't know, just around that, when he, when he drinks, as soon as he drinks that blood and he just, Falls off the bridge, the train bridge. Yeah, I just lost interest. The second half of this film's terrible. All right, fair enough. Well, okay. <laughs> I, I say if you ever get an opportunity, I would actually go to the cinema to watch it because it was actually pretty cool. Oh, my God. Scenes on the cinema. Do not waste, listeners, I feel like I'd give you public service now. Do not waste more than $4 on this film. Oh God, it's man. not worth it. It's not worth it. It is. It is. I never said. Oh, actually, before we move on, I just want to quickly touch on a couple of things. So, uh, when you're a vampire, your sustenance is the blood, right? You don't actually eat anything. Is that right? My understanding, that's true, yeah. So, when Max is having dinner and when David's having, like, the worms or whatever, are they eating it for the blood? Like, how does that work? Are they just eating it for the sake of eating it? My understanding, yes. They're just eating it for the sake of eating it. So, all right, to my point, what would you classify vampires then? They're like, they're a parasite, right? They're not, they're not a mammal. Oh, I don't know, man. Yeah, I guess. They're, <laughs> they're like, they're mosquitoes. Essentially, they're just mosquitoes. Basically, they're mosquitoes. Immortal but, uh, mosquitoes. Well, I think, 
okay. In in the context of this film, they also don't um adhere to every trope strictly as well, which I thought was pretty cool. So I don't know. Maybe vampires can eat and get something out of just normal food. Maybe they just eat a real small amount of food. Like who even knows, man? Because it's mm. not real, so it doesn't... That's true. You can say whatever you no want. Cl- you can say whatever the fuck you want. Well, okay, Although, full, ma- full metal interpretation of a vampire is that wait, they eat. Before, just before you get to that, mm. something my missus noticed, and I noticed as well, which is a trope that was picked up by fucking Twilight. Did you notice the glitter blood when they killed that first vampire that was yeah. upside down with the Frog Brothers? Yeah. Now, we haven't even had a chance to talk about that, and we probably won't, but that glitter blood... Is obviously vampire law. Has to be. <laughs> that, well, their blood shines. That is glittery. Yeah, I don't know if just Joel Schumacher loves glitter or what it is, but I think he loves glitter. Was, he probably loves glitter, but that was actually really funny, and it instantly made me think of Twilight. And I'm like, I'm glad someone else did it first. Mm. Well, that look, you gotta give props. This is the first, you know, sexy vampire. Young love. Well, you also had uh, interview with a vampire, which probably says yeah. like that sort of shit too. Why do they turn the kid? What's the point in turning that little boy? I don't know, man. That's maybe, weird. Maybe that Star's brother, Laddie. Maybe just someone homeless. I thought, oh, this would be fun. Let's turn a kid. See what happens. Yeah, quite possible. And when he turns, so like, I guess humans are as they age, they have more experiences. But if you're forever stuck in your teenage body. Or young, young male body. Do you do the testosterone and stuff like that? Do, you know what I mean. Does that, is he always in that perspective, or they ever are they just going to chill out one day and still be like? Again, I think it's the fact that it's not real, so you just have to ignore that. Because yeah, okay. I, I think they got addressed in um, an interview with the vampire with the little girl. I don't know. If yeah, remember, but she was she's, like, she, fucked off that she had to be a child forever, but she yeah. was an adult on the inside. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I, yeah, look, I think it's best just to take it for what it is, mm. the fact that it's a movie and it's not real, and then <sighs> make yeah. up whatever law you want, man. Just make it up, just and you have just as much justification for what you say as any other person on the planet. That's true. Yeah, that's and that's a good point. My listen, my my opinion is just that. My opinion. So who cares? Um, but we shouldn't say that. Then others, why would people listen? <laughs> <laughs> For the fucking... For the lols, man. For yeah, the lols. for the lols. I can't believe you love this movie so much. Oh, my God. You know All right. One. All right. So, new format is we talk about the, the film for the first, I don't know, 40 minutes, and then we talk about perhaps the director's career after the, this film. And um, I don't think Joel well, Schumacher has had a particularly... Not even necessarily director, but just any of the, uh, like, the star, like, personalities or people involved. Yeah, but I don't, I don't necessarily think anyone's had to... Like a stellar career of this film. I mean, uh, I agree. Yeah, go on. I think Keith Sullivan's probably the biggest name to come out or to have a career afterwards, and um, Jason Patrick as well. He had a few pretty, pretty big hits, but even Joel Schumacher's IMDb page isn't that impressive. I think Flatliners, oh, no, Falling Down, right? Yeah, I remember that film. Yeah, and he also did, I mean, Batman Forever was obviously garbage as well. I can't believe he got Batman and Robin after Batman Forever. Yeah, I know. But, um, you know they're remaking Flatliners as well? Yes, I told you that looks so shit. Uh, why would anyone, why would you? Did you see A Time to Kill? That's probably his last. Uh, no, no, I haven't seen it. That was in 96. He also did 8mm though. Would you, would you agree 8mm is alright? Um, I think it's, 
disturbing for the sake of being disturbing is a bit gratuitous because I remember like they had they show the porn they show bits of that the, the snuff film and it was yeah. just a bit you know what I mean a bit gratuitous but it was so, a good film it was it's actually it wasn't wasn't so that was probably his last like probably real good one I guess and he hasn't yeah it hasn't actually been a really prolific director I think when you talk about this movie now you probably can't you probably also have to just talk about and <laughs> Not that we're going to go into any detail, but the bad shit that happened to the uh, the kid actors. Mm. Do you think that maybe one of the reasons why the Corys didn't go on to have better careers was because of all the fucked up stuff that happened to them on set of this film and other films? Or well, do you think they well, were never going to have good careers? Um, I think they were definitely a fad. So the child films were a fad of the mid um, to like mid eighties to mid nineties that kind of got replaced with animated films like toy story and whatnot. So, you know, kid adventure films were, were, were pretty, I remember, you know, being pretty huge when I was, when I was growing up, but they definitely just, so here's the thing, right? Hollywood employ actors 90% of the time for the looks may, and then maybe 10% if they can actually act or not. So when you're making kids film, you want, cute, adorable kids, right? Yeah, and then when they grow up, I mean, if you look at Corey, Corey Filman now, he's anything but cute and adorable, right? <laughs> that could so, be drugs and alcohol abuse. And, and, and same with, um, what's the other one? Macaulay Culkin. Um, I think they just... Macaulay Culkin, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, whatever his name is. <laughs> um, they just I think age they, out. They do a lot of coke, so... <laughs> yeah, I think they just age out of Hollywood and they their career is like they just they were hired to do one specific genre of film and then they literally aged out and nobody wants them because they just you know they don't really fit the what they want or the what they need to fit in adulthood so they want like they then they transition to something else again if that makes sense it does so okay so what i guess do you think they had the talent to make that transition, I guess? Like, if, nah, if the nah. bad shit didn't happen, do you think those were talented enough young actors to actually make the transition to bigger things? No. Because if you if you look at the acting, he, like they, Corey, I think, has appeared in the Lost Boys sequel, right? And he can't act, man. He can't act as an adult. Because when you're a kid, I guess if an adult's telling you, oh, you're doing such a good job, and you just keep doing what you're doing, like... It just it's it's not acting. They're just saying lines and they're just having a good time. If that makes sense, well, presumably a good time. Yeah, that makes um, sense. But yeah, presumably, but when you're an adult and a director hires you, I assume the director would say, "I hired you for your skill set slash your look." So I'm not really like you know what I mean. They they wouldn't. Yeah, I actually I do. I, I fully get what you mean. Because they're not they're not crafting their skill set as an actor. They're just they're just because they're a cute kid and they got some personality about them. Let's chuck them in this film. And then, you know what I mean? And then let's have a good time. Like, it's not, they're not getting hired because they're the next, you know, they're, they're, they're like. Well, a, so who did, who did transition out of that era? No one. Um, oh, there must have been some, man. Well, who Kirsten Dunst, well, Kirsten Dunst did, I mean, she was a bit later though. She was the kid in, uh, although she wasn't really known for that type of movie. She just played one kid that I can think of. Um, shit. Yeah, you're right. I can't actually think of too many. Like literally, um, it's it's. I can't think of any single child actor that's had a prolific career post their successes. Or yeah, I just think they peak as a kid, and then then Hollywood's like, "Yep, thanks for that, done." 
Yeah, Hollywood literally uses them, abuses yeah. them, and then chucks them away. It's pretty fucked up. I guess um, my question then is, with the, the current crop of uh, kid actors, like the ones in uh, Stranger Things and you've got um, in It, do you think any of them are going to successfully make that transition as uh, into adult acting? Oh, okay. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I think the good thing about now adult kid actors today is that because we didn't have the internet, like um, they got, I, th- I think child actors got more cult status than they do today because we move on so quickly from things in terms of pop culture. Like Stranger Things was red hot for maybe three months or for two months and then it's instantly forgotten because it's the next thing comes up. They got a better chance of having a more level of life than they would have back in the day because if you think about it, it when say Lost Boys or whatever came out, it would it come they used to stagger the releases, so they do like worldwide releases, and then the kids would travel for like three months promoting the movie and they would just live that life a lot longer as a movie star, if that makes sense. So it would have a more skewed thing or outlook on things for them. Okay, that actually does make sense. So yeah, so I think it's, it's like imagine being a kid and you're 13 or whatever and you do a film and it's massive in America and then you get, they say, all right, we're going to put you on a first-class jet with this boy-hungry pedophile producer and you're going to go to, <laughs> you're going to, go to Australia and you're going to, and, and you're going to, you're going to pro- promote the film in Australia then you're going to go to Japan and you're going to promote the film in Japan and then you're going to go to Europe and you're going to do Germany, France, Italy, England. And then you're going to go to South Africa. Like, imagine doing that as a kid, and that takes four months or whatever, and you're just constantly promoting this film. And then you move on to your next one, and all you, and you're just red hot for like four or five years. You're always constantly in that limelight. And then when it just – then suddenly you're not 13 anymore. You're, I don't know, 15, 16, and you're starting to lose your voice and all your voice is changing and whatever. And you just – all of a sudden, that's it. The tap's turned off. It's going to warp your – reality a lot i would have thought yeah no it's a good point and well, I, I think you also t- if if hollywood actually bothers to clean up their act and <laughs> make it. sure they protect the children it, i think the way you've probably described it is um it's a lot more so as, as fucked up as the world is with its short attention span it's probably had a positive effect on child actors because <laughs> they're no longer yeah. like, I get what you mean. They're no longer like everyone wants a piece of them for their yeah. entire teenage years. Yeah. It's more like you're hot for a bit. It's like, oh, I could probably go back to school for like another couple of years until I do my next project mm. and then come back out again. Cause like everyone, yeah, the attention span of society is so short. Mm. So that's probably actually a really good point. It's going to be interesting to see then. Um, well, just on successful there. child actors, I just quickly looked this up. And again, I know you listen to some look up things up on the internet. But these guys, when they say successful child actors, they they appear in movies as kids. But they're not they're not child actors in the sense that they're actually headlining films. All right. So you've got to take this with a grain of salt. So Leonardo DiCaprio, he was in that TV show as a kid. And he did a couple of movies as a kid. But I would say he wasn't a known child actor. Like he wasn't like a Corey Feldman iconic actor that was actually leading films. Same with Drew Barrymore. I mean, Christian Bale did do that one film Empire of the Sun as a kid. Um, and that, oh, I guess he was a great movie. Yeah. And that that's was an actual film. Yeah. As a lead. But I mean, how many other, he might have a few other kid roles. I don't know. Um, Ron Howard, apparently he did just did some child acting as well. Um, but, I guess what we have to quantify what we're saying is that Corey, the Corys were, and like Macaulay Culkin were actually 
the like the main actor and actually carried the film and sold the film. They were the headlining act, so to speak. So it's different from being, I guess, a kid act, a kid appearing in, in a film, or actually, you know, being the main person in the film. It's a different perspective. Hundred percent would be. Even to our final gear. So if you had to pick one, Dave, Corey Helm, Corey uh, Haim, or Corey Feldman, which which one? Which Corey? Which the, the eternal debate? Which is the better Corey? Well, I don't even think it is a debate, really. I think Feldman kind of has it. Oh, in the bag. Like, massively in the bag. <laughs> in the bag. Um, all right, well, let's look at it. So if you look at his peak Feldman, you got Gremlins in 84, and then you got Goonies 85, Stand By Me 86, Lost Boys 87, License to Drive 88, The Burbs. Oh, The Burbs, that's such a good film. 89, Dream of the Little Dream 89, um... And that's pretty much when his career <laughs> ends. So from 84 to 89, those five years. In that same time period, um, let's go look at Feldman. So Feldman's got 86, Lucas. Now, apparently that's his first hit film. I've never even seen it. 87, Lost Boys. 88, License to Drive. License to Drive is an okay film. It's watchable. Um, 88, Watches. I don't even know what that is. 89, Dream a Little Dream. 1990, uh, Prayer for the Roller Boys. Don't know what that is. 1990, again, Dream Machine. And that's about it before it gets pretty average for him. So if you compare the films, based on the films well, alone. How many of them were they in together? Because that's interesting. They were both in License to Drive. They were both in Dream a Little Dream. And uh, this um, one. And this one, so that's yeah. three films they did. Yeah. To, yeah, just the three. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Because they, they literally their careers and their careers pretty much end around '99 or sorry, 1990. Oh no, that's not true. National Lampoon's Last Resort in 1994. There you go. I've even seen, <laughs> I even heard of that movie. There you go. There's a movie they're into. Oh, Dream a Little Dream Two, 1995. They're in the same one. So there's a couple. Yeah. All right. So yeah, they you could, like, as I said before, like it's the career of these kids is only for four years, and then bang, Hollywood's done, and then they're making sequels and straight to video, direct to video movies, and your perspective has got to be it's got to be warped after that. Yeah, no, pretty much all your synopsis of a child actor of that era was pretty spot on with these guys. <laughs> yeah, but I have yeah. to say, Feldman, yeah, he's. Yeah, his filmography is way better. Mm. Unfortunately, you just have to, um, you just have to take him up. Yeah, he's actually like when you think about it, there's a he's in some pretty iconic films like Gremlins. Gremlins, the first one, that's a good one. Goonies, epic. Stand by Me, epic. Lost Boys. Friday yeah. the Thirteenth, the final chapter. Have you well, seen him in that? I haven't. No. YouTube it. Just YouTube uh, Feldman Friday the Thirteenth. Oh man, he's actually really creepy in that because he's really creepy. Oh really? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like he, yeah, that's yeah, scary, scary as anything. Yeah, right. Yeah, YouTube it. Um, all right, listeners. Well, that's um, pretty much it for our first of full metal flashback. Oh shit! They actually did. Sorry, sorry, <laughs> sorry. They actually did two Lost Boys sequels. No shit. <laughs> okay. Are you serious? Yeah, Lost Boys: The Tribe and Lost Boys: The Thirst. Actually, I'm gonna look oh, this up. Sorry, guys, I'm gonna look this up. What's Lost Boys? Yeah, okay, straight to yeah. video. 2008 yeah. was that, The Tribe, and The Thirst was 2010. 
Oh my god. And like he's just got two hot chicks in Lost Boys the Thirst. It's like Jesus Christ. Oh god. Oh, I, I want to see those films now. I, I can't do them. just because I know how bad they would be. <laughs> it's it's so bad. I just want to see him. Like they got nothing to do with the, with the first one. It's just got Corey and vampires. That's all it's got. Ah <laughs> uh, shit. That's too good. All right, listeners. Um, that's our first ever full minute flashback. Davo, been a pleasure. As always, Mark. And uh, thanks, listeners. Until next week.